0: Welcome, pudding people, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We're your hosts, Ken Seymour and Richard Geiger. How are you doing, good sir?
1: Doing pretty well. I feel like I'm having deja vu being in this new studio recording things.
0: Yeah, it's a uh, it's a feeling that I hope never goes away. Uh, I'm I'm really enjoying the space and uh, really enjoying the warmth that this is giving me during the winter months because it can get toasty in here.
1: need to explore
0: the space. That's right. Uh, We have a fantastic episode for you this week, folks. We are going to get back to another movie review just recently, a couple of weeks ago now. uh, The newest of the Matrix films, Matrix Resurrections, came out, and I can't tell you how excited I was. Uh, A new episode in this kind of weird, interesting journey that started in movies and then continued in other movies and then there were video games and uh kind of some other stuff. It, I was I was really keen to see this.
1: Yeah, you know, one of the benefits and I think I've talked about it a lot of one of the benefits of having HBO Max for this season was the release every month of let's call it a flagship movie, right? And we knew that slated for December was Matrix, so it was easy to look forward to that movie. And one of the other things, too, which I'll touch on in a little bit, too, was they had also put the other Matrix films on the HBO Max for you to watch to kind of prepare yourself for the new movie. So, yes, all those things kind of built the anticipation up.
0: Now, as just a reminder to our listeners, This is going to be a review that will have spoilers in it. So if you have not seen the film yet and would like to not be surprised, you may want to wait to listen to this review until you've had a chance to actually enjoy the film for yourself. But as always, we will be uh, dissecting this film. We will be breaking it down into several subcategories, talking about the, the cast the director, the costuming and the props. We'll be talking about the location, the cinematography, the plot and the writing, and even giving potential bonus points for or taken away from the film, all adding up to a score potentially being as high as 100 points or as low as zero. I don't really see how that can happen, but you know, you never know. Never, it's- some Weird things can occur. You know, somebody mm-hmm. releases a film without actually, I don't know, editing anything. There's no audio. <laughs> it's, it's fuzzy. <laughs> it's a blank screen. Right, yeah, there you go. It's like some avant-garde thing that they've decided to do. But, uh, you know, we have a, a nice range generally. And uh, as a reminder also, just because the score is maybe not as high as you might expect it to be. It doesn't mean that the film is bad. A lot of times we really enjoy films that we give lower scores to. And it's not necessarily um, a, it's not necessarily against the film itself. A lot of times it still has a lot of uh, replay value. It's just we see certain things that we cannot uh, ignore, you know, right?
1: Yeah. And when you say cannot ignore, some of the things just stand out because right. – they resonate in a certain way, very poorly, or just amazingly awesome. So, right, yeah, it's our scores, not your scores. Exactly. You can make scores. These are our scores.
0: That's right. So uh, we tend to start in the same spots. Um, let's let's start again with uh, the actors. That's always my. I usually I usually like to start either there or with the director because. Well, I take that back. Let's start with the director because that's one person, kind of. Um, yeah. Let me.
1: Let's go backwards a step. Yes. And sometimes when we do these reviews, we'll give a an overview of sorts, Mm -hmm. almost a spoiler free one, right? And then we'll kind of dig deep into the details of it. So that's a good idea. What I'd kind of like to do is one, give a recommendation. Now I mentioned before that for the Matrix movies to be on hbo max was a nice little you know hint or a way for you to prepare for the movie and i don't know if you watched any of them in the last couple months uh but i decided was like well i know i'm gonna watch this movie and i haven't seen the other ones in a while i know we're doing action scenes uh, and various reasons is like well i can sit down and piecemeal these things together and in 1999 when the matrix came out it was A very unique movie, a very exciting movie. The budget was relatively low, and it had a lot of returns. It made a lot of money. Oh, yeah. So then they're like, well, now we have the money to do the other ones. And everybody kind of felt like the second ones were kind of, eh.
0: Didn't live up to expectations, I think, is
1: mostly what it was. Correct. And I I think the first one was this action eh, cinematography kind of breakthrough in movies. And that's what led to the popularity of it. Plus, the story of The Matrix was very unique, Mm -hmm. very intriguing to watch, fun to watch again. And going back and watching these movies, if you are a, a young pup and you're watching a movie from 1999 that was, quote, groundbreaking, and you watch it, you're like, this isn't anything special. Well, at the time, it was. Right. And then watching the other two movies, it was more storytelling and completing the story that had begun. Yeah. So I will say... This movie has a completely, in my opinion, different feel and interpretation of a certain sense. And I would highly recommend, if you have the time, watching the first three movies before you watch this
0: one. Definitely. Because there's
1: a lot of references, throwbacks,
0: um, acknowledgments. It, it wouldn't even hurt to take a look at the Animatrix. Um, it's not directly important to the plot exactly, but it gives context. Um, and if you have, I don't know, 40 hours on hand uh, and a, a PS2, <laughs> <laughs> they go with the, uh, the Matrix video game that they released to go along with it. Not the Path of Neo, but uh, the one before that one. Um, all have interweaving plot. I thought that was neat at the time that they wanted to have it all just be uh, interactive it sort of worked.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, expanding on the universe, trying to make more money never, you know, a bad thing. And one of the things I love about the parts of this movie was referencing that without referencing that. Right. I mean, we'll touch on that a little bit more.
0: But But okay, as you're talking about a, a no spoiler general thought. Um, my no, no spoiler general thought is it was enjoyable. If you're looking to have your mind blown, probably not, but definitely worth watching. And I, I definitely had elements that I really thought were great, and a few that I thought could have been better.
1: Um, I'll, I'll dig a little deeper uh, after I, while I was watching the movie. And during the initial part of the movie, when they're kind of doing the references and the throwback, I thought the first part of the movie was outstanding, like amazing. And then you hit a wall where it slowed down, and then you hit a point where it just became awful. (laughs) Awful. Now, the first part of it was so good to me, like so good. I, I, I just excellent that I was really excited to watch it again. And the thing about watching it twice is you get a completely different perspective on the first part of the movie than what you did when you watched it the first time. So it's like a completely different interpretation of the first part of the movie and I still found it to be awesome. But then I was also able to really identify where the wall just slapped you in the face and you're like, this is awful. So uh, that that being said, when we normally have a score, I have two scores that we've melded into one score to make this movie. So when we discuss our scoring system, I'm going to give two scores.
0: I am not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. So now actually into the director. Now, the original films were the Wachowskis together. This is just Lana Wachowski. Um, So... There is more, there's more baggage to that name now than there was before, just because there's more stuff that she's done. Uh, So I kind of know what I thought about the previous productions and kind of what my expectations were going to be coming into this. Um... Because, you know, I you know coming into the first Matrix film, I had no idea. And then my mind was blown. And then I saw, okay, if it's going to be this good, then they're going to do awesome on the other stuff. So as they keep releasing more stuff, and her specifically, it seems to have a, a common theme to a lot of what she puts together. Some high concept um stories with some really neat sci-fi elements and some interesting hooks to get into it. And sometimes a a high degree of complexity and then what feels like often a lack of follow through.
1: So it can be summed up with they peaked early.
0: (laughs) I don't know about that. Um, Because it's on each individual project, it's kind of the same, with the exception of the first Matrix film. Uh, The description you gave in the no-spoiler sections, a lot of people would give that to the second and the third Matrix films. A lot of people would give that, to a certain extent, to Cloud Atlas. Um, It's just like, oh, this is really neat, and then it's just kind of, there's something wrong here. There's something that's not quite working.
1: You had an idea. You just didn't know how to finish that idea. Right.
0: So that is what is stuck in my mind going into this as I compare that thought process to what this film brought. Now, interestingly enough for me, the cool factor, the the wow factor that some of these complex things bring in is toned down. In this film, but also the problematic elements for me are less of a problem. So the highs are lower and the lows are higher, but the end result tends to be about the same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's that's kind of what I got out of this. With, I mean, she she obviously has a relationship with the actors that came back. It's clear that they work well together. Um, it's clear that there is a definite message that she's trying to get across does it work I don't know
1: well I think if you if you watch the first one and your interpretation is that it's a great action movie that's fair if it's like well that's a great sci fi movie okay we can buy into that that's a great like thinking, like intellectual kind of, but it's got it's not your typical thing. Right? No, no. So there's a lot of elements on it. And then when you see the second and third one, the stories kind of fall flat. But there's some really cool action sequences that are in there. And maybe some that could have been better had CGI been, you know, what it is now 20 years ago. And then when you see the trailers for this movie, what are you thinking this movie is? Right. Because they show a lot of like him stopping bullets and some fights and maybe some motorcycle stuff and whatever. So you're like, okay, so this is an action movie.
0: Not really. Yeah, it's got action in it. (laughs)
1: Correct. So you're I think if you go into it thinking that it's going to be an action movie, you're going to be. Disappointed. disappointed and you're going to be disappointed honestly with the action that's in the movie i think um but that's in terms of the direct the direction for this movie i i kind of think that's why it, it's good is because you think it's going to be an action movie and you think it's going to be it's a it's a different type of brain work and then it just tanks into bad action but like it's it's a different it's, a, it's hard to explain it's a different type of movie.
0: Well I think I think the problem lies and this is we'll get into this a little bit in the writing, but I think the problem lies in what is trying to be achieved and how. In the first matrix film, we you briefly mentioned that the whole bringing up uh, high concepts sort of a thing, but there's only one. There's only really one philosophical thing that they try and do. And it's not a terribly complicated philosophical concept, so it can be resolved on screen through metaphor in a way that can be consumed fairly simply, and people get it, and and it works. In the other films, they either bring in <clears throat> pardon me, more complex philosophy or just a lot more concepts. That doesn't always work real well when you're trying to blend that with action and uh, uh, and a lot of other things. So I think that's where things get bogged down is what's trying to be conveyed is not simple enough to really come across in the right way in a two to two and a half hour film. That's why it starts strong in a lot of these films, and then peters at the end because just just not enough time to really come to the end of that philosophical discussion.
1: Yeah, and I feel like I I don't I don't know initially what was being from that ph- philosophical philosophizing. <laughs> The falafels? The falafels. What was actually being pushed? I kind of feel at the beginning what was being pushed was a play on itself. and Kind of. A, a play on itself, a rehash, a new rehash, right? So like revisiting old concepts, revisiting old storylines, mirrored old storylines, which I thought was really neat. Um I thought it was a retelling reimagined, but in a current setting. But then it turned into almost almost a love story. You know what I'm saying? Like I see what you're saying. They even they even talk about it in terms of how the Matrix is powered, right? It's yeah, that makes no sense. We'll get to that later. C- correct. And, and that's why, and in so many reasons, why it just kind of just tailed off at the end. Like, what right. is the message? Like, what are you actually trying to persuade us, inform us, uh, give us behind the scenes? Like, what are you trying to deliver to us as an end result? And that's why, that's where it just kind of, in like I said, in so many ways, just went south.
0: And so ultimately, since we're talking about the director, not the plot or anything, I think the the upshot is because this director often has some really neat ideas and some really interesting concepts and a solid um, understanding of the genre and a great relationship with the people that they work with It's a great basis. But because of just a, a large number of concepts trying to be explored and not having enough time and not necessarily getting the exact product that that will convey those ideas regularly. That's where my score kind of falls a little bit. Plus, she's the writer, too. Yeah.
1: But, yeah. That's obviously a different section. But because she's the writer and has written the other Matrix things, I think it does tie into the director points. It does.
0: A little bit. Yeah. So, and a lot of us, a lot of this is, again, we, we nitpick. That's kind of what we do. So, for me, the the fact that she's even bringing these concepts in and attempting to tackle it and the successes that are there, even though, though they are all or not all successes, is enough for me to give her a score of uh, 16 out of 20 on this. It's not a complete grand slam. <laughs> Sorry, no. I'm. See, he he, he knows me. I, I tend to uh, tend to look at the wrong things. A thirteen out of twenty is what I had intended to say, but it's uh, as we record late in the evening, uh, the mind starts to uh, starts to slip around a little bit. Uh, so I mean, it if the uh, concepts weren't interesting, the score would have been much lower. But I still it still engaged me. Well.
1: Going back to what I said earlier, which is we're going to do something unique for my score. I'm going to give two scores. Um, but what we decided to do then was give those two scores and then average them. And then that will kind of give us a total for the final score. Uh, loose average, of course. Um, for, so for the director, for the first segment, and when we get to the plot and writing, I'll, I'll give kind of the points where I'm talking about where it changes from the first set of scores to, to the second set of scores, but that's more in the plot and writing piece. Um, For the first part of the movie, I gave it a 17. And then for the last part of the movie, I gave it a 10.
0: (laughs) It's a big dip. Big, big dip, yes. Now let's go into the cast, uh, which I definitely didn't give you the score for the cast on accident. That would never happen. (laughs) It was one of the categories we all (laughs) know. Um, but, uh, you know, the cast, uh, most of the important, um, actors returned for this. I mean, I was a little sad to, to see that, uh, Morpheus was played by somebody else, but I mean, if you're going to get somebody to play sort of Morpheus, (laughs) well, they explained it, right? Right. So there was a,
1: there was a. I guess did they explain it? They did
0: really. They did well, they they glossed it over with about two seconds of oh. of dialogue.
1: Yes. now, technically, he did appear as a projection of the move of the movie actually on screen in a certain scene. So there was a lot of segments, flashbacks in a certain sense of the actual movie. One, two, first, all three of them. They just kind of got split in between different sequences in the movie. Right. So it kind of throwbacks in a sense.
0: But uh, Yahya Abdul Mateen did a good job, I think. Uh, or let me rephrase that: is a good choice in terms of physical features for uh, a, a blend of two characters for what he was supposed to be in the film. So I thought I thought he was a good choice for that, and I tend to like his work and other stuff. So, you know, a good choice there, returning Carrie Ann Moss, of course, and Keanu Reeves. Um my big thing is uh, Jonathan Groff. Uh I love that dude. That was such a good casting.
1: He he was he was good. Um I think the fact you you, you actually got Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss to say, "Yeah, let's do it." I think is a win in its own. Right. Um I'm not so big on Mr. Abdul-Mateen II. Uh, He was in uh, Aquaman, right? He was Manta. He was. And I think I commented in that movie that he wasn't exactly my favorite. (laughs) Um, And the thing about this movie is... But he's Candyman, too. He is Candyman. He's going to be back in Aquaman also. I just don't buy it. Um some of the some of the segments are fine some of his attitude and how he presents things is fine and some of it's just not good it's distracting even hmm. uh, to me personally um, so th- there are a few others that also give me that really just not good vibe in this movie as well uh, but keanu you never paid big money for Keanu to be the elite acting person. And I don't think you ever paid money for Carrie Ann Moss to be the elite action star. And if you're, they're trying to do certain things in those attitudes and you don't like them, like, well, what were you expecting? Right? So for me, some of the lines delivered by Keanu were okay. Carrie Ann Moss was great until she had to do the action sequences at the end. That was not great. Um, but overall, I thought that they were fine. Like, they were fine. My, my other my issues were,
0: like I said, on down the list. Um, Neil Patrick Harris was involved. Of course, I am a big mark for Neil Patrick Harris. I like him in everything I have ever seen him in. Uh, this is no exception. I just... He, for whatever reason, I call me a mark, but I cannot not be entertained by him
1: he was he was good, and him his title in this is the analyst mm mm-hmm. but really, for the first part of the movie, he was the therapist, yeah, and it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Great, uh, so to so to see him pop up in this movie, like you saw it on the previews, but to see him pop up and right. be like,
0: yeah, good, good stuff. Um, Jessica Henwick was surprisingly good. Um, I'm not as familiar with most of uh, her work up until this point. I mean, I know some of it, but you know one. I know one for sure, but uh, I a lot of people rightly explained that you don't think about it because it's the least popular (laughs) of the Netflix series, but she did great in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I guess I shouldn't be surprised that I thought she did great in this film. She brought a lot of energy to it when it needed it. Um, So, yeah.
1: Now, so for for me, it it may sound odd in all the things that we talk about, but in terms of the Netflix series I really stopped watching them, and I didn't catch up with them. I didn't have an interest in them. So the Iron Fist series, for example, I, I watched what I could on it. I just wasn't drawn in. So she was Colleen Wing yes. in that one. She was in the Defenders as the same role. I watched all the Defenders one, and that was fine. It's not the greatest, I think, you know, whatever. Uh, but she was actually in Game of Thrones. Right. And she was one of the – she was – there was sisters – that were like assassins, basically, or bodyguards and assassins. I can't remember exactly what they were. And she was great in that one. I mean, it's not like she had a thousand hours of screen time in it, but she was great in that one.
0: Yeah, I never ended up watching that show. Probably not going to be on my list anytime soon. Uh, well, there's we've had conversations about that.
1: Yeah, ends a lot of hours. It's yeah. A lot of it's time consuming.
0: Um, Jada Pinkett Smith came back. In the original films, I thought she did pretty well in this film. Uh,
1: God, it was a stinker unfortunately.
0: um Priyanka Chopra Jonas uh I was really surprised at first, I did not realize it was a different actress uh they They have very similar facial structure. Uh, her and the, the original actress that played Sati in the, in the older films, which so it just threw me off. And plus, I'm not exactly, I don't have my finger on the pulse of uh, celebrity all the time, <laughs> so I had no idea who she was. Um, but, yeah, I thought she did pretty well. Um, I uh, did not distract me, as you might say. Um, seeing Christina Ricci in it was really nice. Yeah, uh, I, briefly. Briefly, um, <laughs> Lambert Wilson coming back <laughs> as the Merovingian <laughs> was so good.
1: Very good. Now, he was a little over the top. Yeah. That character is. And he got too much screen time of being over the top. That's not on him. No. Right? And Priyanka Chopra Jonas is also, it, it's like, I know she can act. I know she's talented. But it didn't. It it didn't look like it in this movie.
0: <laughs> she didn't have a lot of time, truthfully.
1: That's true. But she did, you know, work in a a pool with her. I don't know, like a. In, what was that thing she was wearing? It, it looked like it was a pool or like a well.
0: Yeah, I'm really not sure. It was a little vague. It was weird. the The
1: person that I liked, uh, uh, Andrew Lewis Caldwell, he played Jude. Right. Once again, if you watch it the first time, you know the type of character that he's playing. When you watch it a second time, you pay more attention to the type of character that he's playing. And you're like, oh, <laughs> I get it now. Yes, he was, I I liked his character. And the if you watch, it, I think you get annoyed by his character, honestly. But that's why I liked
0: it. Yeah, well, that's that's the whole point, to be in your face so much that you don't realize that they're hiding right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, 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 that, that one was well-written, that piece. Um, but we'll get to that bit of writing here in a bit. But all in all, I, I really liked the cast. I mean, um, there were a few changes here or there I might have made, uh, but uh, all in all, super solid.
1: Yeah, and some surprises that were good in there, too. Like, surprisingly good.
0: Right. Um, So, for me, that one's the 16. That's what I meant uh, when I said 16 earlier. So, the cast, really, really good. Returning people that needed to return, for the most part. Some new people that did pretty well. And the few instances where things didn't go quite the way I wanted weren't, you know, awful, awful. Not enough to get in the way of the rest of the awesome cast. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I, I gave, in my two-part breakdown here, the first half, first segment, search section, I gave an 18 for the cast. And then the
0: second was a 12. Yeah, that's a, that's a bit of a dip. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go into one of the things that makes the Matrix kind of iconic, and that's the costuming and the props. The look. And feel of the films is very, very late 90s, early 2000s, goth punk kind of feel. And considering the type of movie this was, the question was going to be, are they going to be returning to that aesthetic? Are they going to be updating it? What's what's going on with that? Um, I really liked the costuming. Um, It's you know in in the um the flashbacks or not flashbacks but the the addressing of the original matrix feel um that had the right look i really enjoyed um the the kind of updated real world in <laughs> quotation marks yep. Uh, clothing, I, normally a lot of times in the, in the films that you watch, the, the real-world clothing, it just kind of blends in the background, and it's not really meant to be noticed, but it's it's really stylish. I mean, it's, it looks good. Everybody looks good in what they're wearing, um, and, and, it, and it makes sense for the most part. Um, now, where I was excited to have the Merovingian come back the costuming for him and the others, I understand they're supposed to be on the outside. They're not where they were. I thought those costumes looked terrible. Uh, that was really my only gripe in the entire film. I did not like the look of those. It's its like, well, let's, let's take the Lost Boys from Hook and mix them with the Road Warrior and just some random trash that we've got. Eh, it was not a wasn't great. I would rather have them be you know, if if they're still who they are and they're just hiding, why would they change what they looked like? That makes no sense to me at all. The Merovingian would still be dressed in his fine suit. It just would be maybe dirty or worn. Mm-hmm. Just have it be have 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 that be the way that you show that they are not in the place of power that they used to be. It's a good point. Have
1: him be in a dirty white suit with some right. scraps and some shreds on it. Right. So, if if you try to think back to the nineteen ninety nine Matrix, and we're talking about the nineties setting for clothes and and computers and stuff like that, that movie had a really dull look to it on purpose. Oh yeah, it wasn't yeah. a lot of flashy anything. It was nineties at its base. Right, they call that matte. Right, <laughs> yeah. The rooms were very low key. There wasn't a lot of pop and flash, and it was that was part of the look, part of that aesthetic. Uh, but a lot of the Matrix was filmed on the ships as well. Mm-hmm. So what they had in from their Zion, wear, let's call it, was just like rags, rags, and that made sense. Okay. Right. So in this one, what I kind of noticed too was. It had more of a colorful, real-world look. Yeah. And you mentioned that, too. But, like, it wasn't stripped down. It looked like they had everything in place where it was supposed to be. And then when you got to their other home world, I don't know what you'd call it, the clothes that they had on weren't scraps. No. So, like, they were doing better which reflected how they appear, right? And the clothes that they had and stuff like that. When they're in the Matrix as they're, you know, they're in the chair, they get plugged in and they're in the Matrix and they have the fancy suits and the crazy hairdos and the sunglasses that were over the top, that was all cool. That made sense to me. I thought they looked great. The one thing that I had a really big problem with, huge problem, distractingly bad problem, uh, was the Niobe character.
0: Yeah, her costuming was not great.
1: It was beyond bad. Now if you're making this movie and you're putting a person in that look, like you gotta you, you gotta look behind the lens and like that's not good. Can no. we, can we make a change? She didn't look old, she just looked melted. Yes. It was so bad. Very bad. Like, if you're gonna have that character be the main character, you're gonna have that all that screen time, and you're gonna act bad, also. <laughs> no. But how bad to make up on? It, it be, just be nice. Really bad. It's <laughs> distractingly awful. Um, and there's some things you can overlook, like oh, that thing looks weird. But that in your face, too much was bad. Just one of the worst things.
0: Of the movie. There was one other thing that I thought of that perturbed me just a little bit. So, you remember the original Matrix films. Uh, You know, they had all the spots where the mechanical stuff would attach to their real bodies and they'd have the spot at the base of their skull where the thing would insert. Did you notice there was an extra spot at the base of their skull? Yes. Two. Two. Why? why?
1: And the little... um flying sentient creature plugged into the bottom one. Right. Was that why? I mean, well, was it there because they had to do that for the plot for the story?
0: That's kind of, that's dumb. I'm sorry. There, there are other ways to do that, but that's just, that inconsistency is just, it's just kind of one of those things that just picks at me. And it's like, why is that there? That doesn't need to be there. They chose that for a reason. You made these cookies for a reason. <laughs> Did just, I? It's just no. It's just not helpful.
1: Yeah. Um, but overall, it, it honestly had a a good look oh, to yeah. it.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, if that's my only gripes, those three things, that's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. For me, that is an 8 out of 10. What is that for you? Um.
1: First score was a nine. Second was, it was so bad. I had to, I gave it a five. For that one, that one thing, a five, yeah. Uh,
0: You can say this about Richard. When he hates something, he hates it in a pure way. (laughs) Very much so. (laughs) Well, you know what else is pure? Our love for social media. Let's tell you all about it right now. Hey there, Pudding people. Don't forget to check us out on our social media accounts so you can keep apprised of everything that we do any time of the day. Richard, you're most on Instagram, right? On the gram gram, yes. And what are we best known on Instagram as? Putting guys. Easy enough. In fact, that's also what we're known as on Facebook. Now, I'd say we're on Instagram just a little more than we are on Facebook. You might get the occasional update there. We are most active on Twitter, where we are at RealPuddingGuys. We will give you updates about the next episode that's going to be coming at the end of the week, when it's released, any other little updates to the Ultimate Comic Movie Database, or the Pop Culture Death Counts will also be there. Um, Now, our most exciting changes are going to be coming up soon. We're going to have a new website called Fate the film and television engine. We're getting close to doing the beta for that. We're still working on the alpha side. We'll be doing a little closed beta and inviting a handful of people into this. I tell you what, it's going to be really, really cool when it releases. Now, you'll be able to also hear about that on our Patreon page. What are we on Patreon, Richard? Voting guys. Pretty easy. Now, right now, It's very easy to support us. How much does it cost, Richard? It's $1 per month. Per month. Not per day. Per month.
1: (sighs) Yes. $12 for a year.
0: Yeah, that's really not much to help support us as we release new content, as we get better equipment to release the content into, and when the Fate engine comes out, it will have its own cost, and we're going to make it very affordable for everyone to be involved with this, and it's going to be so cool. I can't wait for y'all to hear about it. As always, informative, helpful, well, maybe helpful, but informative.
1: It's like I've heard it before. I don't know. Deja vu, I guess.
0: Uh yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking for the black cat. Uh no, the Marvel one, you know, because that's much more interesting. But uh
1: <laughs> Yeah. The fact that you had to call the cat deja vu <laughs> that was just dumb.
0: It was um it was a little cringy. I mean I, I get your it's one of those instances where you look it's like, Oh, you're trying to be clever, aw. <laughs> Not very subtle, huh? No, okay. <laughs> sledgehammer to the face. Um, so let's go into another. We're going to ease back into it. We're going to ease back in with um, with location. Again, another thing that where you can get up to ten points, ten whole points for how good or bad the locations are. Uh, we this kind of dovetails a little bit on the on the on the previous topic. It. I really liked their real, real, in quotation marks, real world locations. The, the, specifically his office in the building where he did his programming. I really liked that. They spent a lot of time in his bathroom, which was a little weird, but even then, that, that was a really nice little, uh, little area. Um, the ships were okay. I mean, if they're as good as you're going to get. You don't spend a whole lot of visual time really invested in that location. Um, the city looks like a slightly newer, crappy city compared to the older, crappy city of Zion. <laughs> I mean. yeah. And
1: what's it called again? We were talking about this before. Like, we can't remember what the
0: thing's called. That's not a great sign for the, for the writing. Yeah. But, you know,
1: it, it is what it is. Um, but when they went out, when he went out onto the balcony, and they showed the view, that was nice. Like that was cool. Like, wow, that's actually a really sprawling city that they built in sixty years. So, yeah,
0: okay. I mean, so all in all, I I really liked a, a lot of the way the things um, things played out. If if there was one area that I was at all disappointed with, it was maybe the. Um, the final was it the final no it was the initial confrontation with uh with the 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 new architect uh, his therapist in that kind of um run down uh factory setting i'm not quite sure i understand why that was the place that they wanted to have that confrontation but uh i I guess has something to do with the, the fake business that the the husband character that he sets up with Trinity works at because they make motorcycles. But maybe it's just I've never seen a place that makes motorcycles, but that didn't look to me like a place where you would make motorcycles. She makes motorcycles. Right, right. That was right. Yeah. See, eh. But, I mean, it's it was uh, okay. It was okay. Um,
1: most of it was good. I, I thought the same thing, too, especially – especially being in the skyscraper right Mm -hmm. and having that like we said more modern take on it now he worked in a skyscraper before
0: right but it was he was part of the hive rather than being closer to
1: the top yep it it was a cubicle in the middle no windows and it was very bland looking this had color and brightness and computer stuff and tables and stuff all over the place so I guess we keep going back to that one, but it kind of set the mood in a certain sense. It did. And when they went to different locations, like the coffee shop, well, that doesn't need to be special. No. It needs to look like a coffee shop. And then, you know, some of those in in those city areas can be over the top and like a place when you walk in, you're like, I really don't want to be here and I want to pay $8 for a coffee. But it didn't look like that, right? It looked like... Just a regular coffee shop.
0: The, the therapist office was really therapist-y. It's True, <laughs> lots of books. I mean, it's kind of what it needed to be. But in in my mind, for what they were trying to do with this film, that's what it needed. It the the environment did not need to play a as much of an upfront, in your face role. It needed to kind of blend let the characters develop, let the story develop. So for me, that's a success. Um, Not really much to say about that. Because of that, I would give it a 9 out of 10 on the location.
1: First score was a 9, second was a 7. Yeah.
0: Now we get into some more of the nitty-gritty of how things are put together. We're going to go right into the cinematography. How were the scenes um, put together? What kind of camera angles were used how good was the cgi um all that kind of neat stuff all rolled into this particular category and that has traditionally been one of the strengths of the matrix series and basically anything that that the wachowskis uh take part in they they like to have some very good effects some very good choreography for fight scenes um and generally, I think they do a good job of that. In this film, um, there is a, a sl- they revisit a lot of the same kind of approach that they used on the older Matrix films on on the framing and how the characters are put together. But they also it's kind of meta, so they also kind of have it as a box within a box. A lot of times when you're watching it, which I kind of liked. Um, in terms of the CGI, I thought the CGI, for the most part, was solid. Uh, especially in the early going, uh, it was seamless. Uh, it, it was really pretty well done. Towards the end of the film, there were some inconsistencies. You're saying it nice <laughs> I like to be diplomatic. <laughs>
1: I, I found that in terms of how they treated the original Matrix were like the people who were aware and were focusing on had, quote, superhuman abilities, right? hmm And then the other people didn't know, but the agents were the one they had the fear because they had even better abilities. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't—it was kind of piecemealed through the original matrix, but not really presented. Now this is maybe a plot thing, but it's part of the cinematography because uh, how they showed it in these action sequences. Absolutely. Now I felt like the the fact that the the bug character was already like up to it, speed, up yeah. to speed, like really good. I appreciated that. Some of her jumping around things, eh, iffy. Yeah. On the on the CGI. Uh, but the fact that they presented the agents as, like, she's just, like, blasting bullets. And just like the first movie, the agents can't hit anything. Um, <laughs> if they're that good, they can, you <laughs> figured they could hit something. Um, but when she would shoot at them, it would show them do the little bullet dodge seamlessly. Like, I thought, right. like, okay, like now we're more in, from a Matrix standpoint real-world Matrix style, right? Like, showing the everyday interactions that they had to face with these. Yeah. And you're right, towards the end, those interactions... Stopping the bullets with my hands. Like, okay, that was fine. The one thing where he's doing, like, we'll call it, we'll go Star Wars, where, like, the force push... Yeah. And then smashes the car and then drives up on it with the motorcycle over the top. Like, that was really bad. Um Yeah. There was just
0: elements there were, were flourishes that were good, like mm-hmm. the 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 bits with the eyes when when the sleepers were activated. yeah, that was solid. um the reverse bullet time. I thought that looked pretty good, yes, um but I don't know, how about when the people threw themselves off of the buildings that looked like absolute trash. There's just no two ways around it. It looked awful. It's, it it made the
1: point of what it was supposed to make, I suppose. But you're right. It was just, I
0: don't know. The, the splats were f- f- fine. Yeah, I don't think that's the way that the was, human body would uh, interact with the ground. I've seen it. I've seen, unfortunately, enough of. Uh, People that have thrown themselves off of buildings in video—that's not what it looks like. Mm. That's another story. <laughs>
1: it's interesting. Okay, but you're right. the fa- the The trajectory and the speed seemed overstated to me. Yes, it was
0: Bugs Bunny like almost. Yeah.
1: And now, when they did splat, it kind of had a Matrix splat, it, right? <laughs> it did. <laughs> okay, whatever. So, so we're. we're overanalyzing like we do oh, yeah. on some of these things definitely nitpicking but the presentation of oh, oh okay so there's another thing it's totally cinematography um I, I i try to think of other action movies i've seen this in so when they do an action shot and it goes from this camera to this camera to this camera and this camera looks great this camera looks great but this other camera has this weird look to it Mm-hmm. It's like, this was the $20,000 camera. This was the $20,000 camera. This was the iPhone. This was the iPhone. <laughs> and I don't get it. I see that in other action movies, too. Like, it has a weird lighting to it. It's The colors aren't saturated as well. And the speed, like, the, it's not a, a seamless
0: yeah. s- speed as it's well. It's just jarring.
1: And it doesn't look good at all. A- and... I want to say I guess I can't remember what other – I've seen it before in other movies too. I'm like, what are you you doing? What's the point here? And that bugged me at the end amongst other things. Well,
0: and then the only other thing that I really had an issue with was the, the fight with the Merovingian and his thugs was in a very complicated and somewhat crowded environment. So the camera angles and the switching between that and the fight was really chaotic. And I do not enjoy watching a fight that's chaotic. It's basically one step below shaky cam for me. If you have to switch over and over and over and over again to get into the spots to see what you need to see, I'd, you start to lose my interest at that point. It's, it's really kind of... Um, frustrating cuz i want to see the the combat develop between two people and if i'm seeing something and i have half a second of it before it switches to a different camera, uh, camera angle and then to another camera angle i can't get invested into that portion of the fight it's just it's really frustrating
1: and some of the some of the fights seem choreography was fine but the act the action the acting in it not so fine um once again the fact that maybe they're just great at dodging bullets but like all the bad guys that were (laughs) like shooting thousands of bullets could never hit anything like it wasn't even close
0: it's like G.I. Joe yeah
1: it was just really weird and them running around the wall and shooting guns in different directions and whatever okay like i get it you're trying to be stylized you're supposed to be like flawless flawless stylized easy action sequence like right there they've been experiencing this but but was he Experienced to be able to do that because he just kind of but it was still all there, sentient, oh, okay. it,
0: it was still all there, it was just buried.
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah, that in part I program. didn't have a problem with. Yeah, um, and then because I still know Kung Fu,
0: yeah, that so, was not a great line.
1: And <laughs> in the original <laughs> M- Matrix, those scenes were very. Forced. It was like I'm doing this, and then you're doing this, and I'm doing this. Right? There was no. It wasn't fluid. It was exacting movements. Right. And it. You can move the camera around. You can kind of disguise it. Well, they did the same thing this time, and it was just like, Ugh, uh, sorry, Keanu, you're looking a bit old. <laughs> but see, you you didn't notice that in the John Wick movies. No, because he he was very fluid in those, and maybe it was the person doing, doing the camera work that, you, and then the editing that you could kind of work around some of those. But I've seen some of the videos of him training to to prepare for those videos, and he's very fluid and very good. Yeah, and I'm sorry, Carrie, your your action sequences at the end. I don't I don't know if you warmed up a bit. <laughs> before that one. <laughs> uh, I don't know because I we've seen you do excellent things before. Oh no
0: doubt. She's awesome. I loved her in Chuck and she was she was good in the Marvel television shows on Netflix, although she had no action parts in that. Yeah. Uh but yeah, she was great in the original Matrix films. Her her work was good. Her uh, her stunt double was switched in pretty seamlessly. I mean,
1: she was way better as just the wife and mother character in this movie.
0: It's just, well, I, th- I think the fair way to put that is just the way that it was filmed and the sequences that there were, it was much easier to see the flaws in the way that the contact was made and the way that the moves were executed. It looked much more like somebody that was an amateur. Which they Clearly, are yes, yeah, which, yeah, I mean, as as they're not professional martial artists, but the character's supposed to know what they're doing, and you have to present it like that, yeah, and yeah, we just missed a little of it, yeah, but again, nitpicking, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so for me, um, I really liked how the film was presented, all in all, uh the little nitpickiness that I had did not detract from it for the most part. This is my favorite part of the film. Uh, I give it a 17 out of 20. First part 16, second part eight. All right. So now to the writing. Uh, we, we've said this before. This is kind of a make or break <laughs> category. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it all rests on the writing and how it's, uh, kind of conveyed okay so i like the concept okay the so i mean i'm sure in the in the meeting there must have been we want another matrix movie but we killed off the main two characters
1: <laughs> i need some ideas and go
0: how how do we do this um in the way that they chose to bring them back okay solid you know it makes sense that the technology would be there Although, for me, this brings up a very important philosophical question that is completely ignored. If the person is brain dead, which at that point Neo was, and so would have been Trinity, if you rebuild them genetically, accurately, do do they have the same... Are they the same person? Is it the same soul, in quotes?
1: Well, we're going to assume there was no brain damage. The damage was done to the internal organs. Now, right. if you see the end of the third movie and the little snaky arm things kind of pull the mm-hmm. characters away, sure. what they said in this one it was like, oh, we saw all the... We saw them. We should build a world around them. So it's like it was instant, right? That's kind of, if you think about it again, that's the only way that that makes sense, right? Because the bodies were just freshly impaled, let's call it. And so they took them right from that, pulled them to the place where they needed it to be rebuilt, and instantly started building the tissue around oh, yeah.
0: it. And it would have been instant for Dio, but it wouldn't have been for Trinity, Because he had to travel a decent distance. They would have had zero motivation to take her body out immediately. It would have been sitting there for hours. (laughs) It would not have been recoverable, to my knowledge. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, But it doesn't seem likely. And if you look at the stuff that happened in the previous Matrix films, when... Agent Smith took over the human, his brainwaves completely changed. The old person was gone. What happened at the end of the third Matrix film? Agent Smith completely overwrote Neo. Neo was gone. (laughs) There was nothing there. So, and they're only addressing of that as like, well, Smith and Neo are linked. Sure. Okay. (laughs) That's kind of lame. And a lot of
1: those excuses have to be lamish or overlooked. So we created this, and you're not going to remember what happened 20 years ago. So we got you. We got you. And I think some of that was part of it. Some of it is like, well, we can explain away 65% of this. And the other 35%? We'll just have to gloss. Whatever.
0: Yeah. Under the rug. And, but the parts that they did well, the, the new prison, the prison kind of of your own making, that was really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, existent, the existential dread of day-to-day life being the thing that keeps you there is just, it was extremely well conveyed, and the way that it blended with the previous storytelling just was excellent
1: I when I was watching this the first time and like I mentioned I I watched it twice when I was watching the initial like sequences of like they're in the building and then she's in the walls watching what's going on uh, actually I struggled a bit because some of her lines some of Bugs' lines I actually couldn't understand what she was saying it was just me i don't know but um as i saw that i was like well this was one of the opening sequences and then it's like here w- here was the matrix from 99 and here was this one and they did they they did diff- the same thing like they they matched timelines they matched he was in his thing uh, he was in the office when he, when he got the phone and he was trying to get away. But here's the same thing. He was here when he did this. But here, like, how they mirror the timeline, I super was good. very clever. I was yeah. like, it, it wasn't straight like that. You you'd run into these things like, okay, yeah, okay. So it was like they were retelling the same story just in a different setting and situation. And it was, when I watched some of the elements, I was just like, I, I I stood up and I was like pointing at the screen. I was like, this is all like yes like this makes sense like this is this is so good I, I was just flabbergasted by some of the things that were presented early on in this oh, yeah. movie and it just the because the dread of being at work, the dread of you making what you made to be so successful but what you made that was so s- successful, was already presented to us in the other movies. The fact that he just took it from his head and made the other movies, and that's how they're presenting it, and was like, that makes sense. And then the the corporation says, well, we're going to make a sequel for it. And they're making fun of themselves in the presentation that they're giving you. I was like, this is so funny. And he's having struggles with that because a mental health struggle has become much more of a real, not real... It's real more present. acknowledged. Yes, much more acknowledged. It's always been real. What yeah. I'm saying is that people are paying much more attention to it because of how intense or how bad it can be. And it's presented to you because he's going to a therapist because he was having these visions of him jumping off a building but being able to leap to the other building or to fly. And it was him, but it wasn't him. But it wasn't him. So he committed suicide, but he was a suicide survivor. He's had these incidences in the past where he's had these like people attack him, but he it's presented as when they bring him back, he's in he's having an episode. So I'm like this, that's very that's a very clever and very scary presentation because people have those real life episodes where they feel like those things have happened, but it's all in their head. I love the blue glasses. And uh, <laughs> I I love the fact that he, he's in the therapy session. I said, do you need a, a refill on your prescription? And he's like, yes, like, absolutely I do. <laughs> and you knew you had to know. You had to know that when he was getting the pills out of the bottle.
0: They were going to be blue.
1: They were going to be blue. You had to know it. And the fact that he just kept taking that, like, that was such a Matrix move. Like, it was so good. And then they had to, I, I mean, I could go on and on about the certain elements. They had to brainstorm,
0: like, the, the whole sequence. Hearing the same things over and over and over. Yes. And just having basically the life pounded out of you by having to rehash and to see this thing weigh just the combination of your own success and the fear of not being able to match it. And is it really success? And... What kind of life have I actually made for myself? And it just all these things, they managed to address so many things in such a short period of time in, in the way that it's constructed. It's, it's brilliant.
1: It was just one of my favorite things I've seen in a while. Um, I, I, I want to review some notes because it's kind of a timeline-ish. Um, like I said, the, the familiar part with the entrance and, the, and uh, Trinity. And one observation, did Trinity look green to you? When they were showing her right at the beginning? A little bit. It was weird. Anyway, uh, just an observation. If you noticed through that intro part, the first hour or so, whenever they showed the, the character, like in the, when he's in the coffee shop, for example, and he looks down in the coffee or he's in the bathroom and he looks in the mirror, that reflection, like pay attention to it if you watch it again. Yeah. It, it's old. It's old them yeah. in the reflection in the mirror. Um, but you don't, you don't notice that at first, but like one of the things I wanted to get to is when they talk about doing the, the sequel, right. And he sits down with them and he's like, his boss is serious. Like he's having the serious discussion and he's like, well, well, I didn't think we were going to do that. And then they're like, we're going to do it. You know, like, (laughs) like that's a real discussion that would have been had in the real world. And then the segue, and what is what is the, you probably know better than me, the artist, the song. Um, oh,
0: um, it's, uh, you, you, of course you would say that, and now I'm going to completely space on it from yeah. the, the, the 70s kind of uh, psychedelic rock, yeah.
1: Um, that that was one of my, like, the, the lyrics in the song, of course, make sense, because that's when we're talking about him just shoveling the blue pills in because that's his, quote, prescription. Um, Yes, here you go.
0: White Rabbit by Jefferson
1: Airplane. That whole segue and segment was on point. One of the best things in the entire movie because it it shows them then digging into brainstorming for the movie. And it's all like the 20-year-old... modern uh, what what segment would you call them uh um, they're not
0: millennials they're some yeah those labels don't make any sense the upshot is young people that don't really understand what it is that they're talking about and think that they do and it's just kind of enduring enduring their attempt to try and have some sort of profound breakthrough that's actually just
1: listen Nothing. to the words that are coming out of your mouth and they it just sounds ridiculous but the, it was so on, on point, like it was a great presentation, the music was great, they went from one scene to another scene, it's like you could see his depression just his level of what he was doing and his mental capacity just like dropping dropping, slowly slowly it's
0: like it's PTSD too Yes, in a way, and because that song specifically, the way that it's used in other films, it's always war films. It's always like Vietnam uh, or or something to that effect. And having that be that choice, it's got that baggage, that weight that goes along with it. So anybody that is familiar and has seen those things, that's that's what they think. And it's just like, oh, that's that's a nice layering effect.
1: And then you get to the, you know, you, you build through all that stuff. And then you're getting to the segment where Morpheus makes an appearance. And he's kind like, of. he's he's in the bathroom, like Oh my god, this cannot be real. <laughs> right? Like <laughs> I've lived this my whole life and I've struggled with it, and now th- this cannot be real. And he talks about that was where it's red pill time right. right and obviously that doesn't that doesn't work out no and that action sequence was its own whatever but then it transitions to him like in front of the analyst right he's like come back to me come back to me. like it was a whole <laughs> what he just witnessed was a whole episode I was like that, that just it's a little scary. Crazy, mind blowing. Yeah, and then he's up on the roof. He's got a drink. He's got to jump. He's like, "It's all in my head. I just got to jump." And then it then we're starting to see the transition. And I kind of felt that the choice between the blue pill and the red pill at the time, like it didn't have the same weight that it did in no. the first movie, right?
0: No. Well, well, he's a different person. And that and that's why it doesn't have the weight in the first film. He's looking. For the truth and this film he's not he's avoiding the truth yes
1: in a certain sense and you get that whole presentation and this is where the movie starts to take a turn. So they get him and they get him back on the ship and he wakes up and he's doing his thing and whatever. Like I said, it kind of takes a turn. We saw this, we talked about the segment where they're on the lake and they're doing the fighting and stuff like that. Right. But my one comment when he's not Matrix Neo, he's real world Neo. Keanu looks so much better with hair and a beard. He does, he really does. Like, look like old Keanu made me sad just an observation but anyway so that is where they get to their new old world and we see niobe and she looks
0: awful yeah that's where it really just kind of they try and bring in politics eh. sort of like an internal politics of a group that's never really explained or described in a way that those politics would matter at all or make any sense so all it is is you're seeing it from this outside outside perspective and it just seems kind of the worst combination of boring and convoluted correct it's there are worse discussions
1: and things but that's where the movie Starts to go downward. Yeah, and the thing I, I, I had to write it down. The thing, like I could, I could tell you exactly where the movie went from an A movie that was a B movie to like a D movie. Um, uh, Niobe needs volunteers. <clears throat> If you watch that segment and they step forward in the exact precise steps with their fancy boots, it sounds like they're magnetic boots. A little bit. Like their feet are electrified when they step forward. We'll do it. I was just like, oh, my God.
0: (laughs) It was pretty grunt-worthy.
1: It was really bad. That right there is why i have to have two scores like that right there took the movie and just threw it in the toilet and it was all downhill from there
0: well it yanks you out of it completely i mean you're invested at the beginning it's like i'm ready and now it feels like you're kind of watching uh i don't know like a a commercial or a, a college kid's first attempt at making a film on a low budget it It just uh
1: it's really it just really is weird and there's even another observation like it's so weird and bad there's a there's a part where Morpheus jumps down from where he's at and when he lands you can hear it you can clearly hear it he he goes like oof like you can hear an oof coming from him why like why
0: yeah he's not even human yes (laughs)
1: That's the whole thing. I had to I heard it the first time I watched it and I was like, "Nah, I didn't hear it." And I knew where it was at the second time. So I listened for it and I heard like the oof. And I was like, "Oh my
0: gosh. He wants to appear human." Uh, and the whole
1: convoluted thing of we've got to get him in the real world. Through the the tube to get her, and that was just dumb. Yeah, whatever. Like, we can't get in there because they've been blocked from getting in there, yet they're in there. Right. The sentient robot creature things. And the Priyanka Chopra character, like I said, she wasn't, her acting really wasn't on point, and her little things of connecting the new brain things or whatever. And who was it, Morpheus? She's she's doing it. She's got to focus. She's got to concentrate. Concentrate. That's right. And he stands there, and he's like, what does he say? He's like, uh, have you ever done this before? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Like it, it just got so – it just got so – and it frustrates me because that the whole thing was – Doing so good.
0: Okay. Oh well. And then the other part of the just the failed concept is explain to me again how having Neo and Trinity together generates energy or nearby each other. I'm I'm not sure I get that.
1: Um. Yes, you definitely have to pinpoint on the explanation of it a little bit more. And I guess I understood it. It's. It was when they because he he'd constructed this world right? right and he's and for him it was a business sure. right so the success rates were what generated more energy and he explained it right that not happy people but like people is very real world like people who are in conflict people who are being told falsehoods and believe what those false like believe whatever they want to believe generate more electricity because they're happier. Okay, okay, so that was that. was that. But like Neo's story that he presented and uh, Trinity, if they were far apart, something about the happiness of the people, it went up and it generated less power. So when they got close together, like when they were a couple, everything, it was too much. Everything devolved.
0: I mean, is that like a commentary on the viewer of the films and how they react to it. But even, even with that, if you're going, if you're going to create a sci-fi universe and you're going to create certain rules, I've always been, it's like, if you're going to create rules, you got to live by them. Even if they're dumb, like the whole people are a battery for the robots thing makes no scientific sense whatsoever just because the laws of conservation of matter and energy. It just doesn't work. So if you're going to just say, well, unhappy people make more energy, you you need to give me more than that. I because as soon as you say that, you have lost what tiny shred of scientific credibility for the for this world you've created it just falls through the floor. And it's like, yeah, that's that's not a thing, and now I cannot take anything you say seriously.
1: Yeah, it was. It was honestly very current day and and political in a sense because what they were saying was, you know, the more BS that you're fed, the more contingent and happy you are with the nonsense. Because if you're told the truth, there's too much strife. There's too much consternation with
0: it. And then I like that if they could have just said it's not making more energy it's just that the matrix will not fall apart when we do it this way. Yeah. That would have been fine. And them
1: being together it was too much them being far apart was also too much. So they had to be close but not close all the time. That's why there was you know my initial thing was like, okay, so if these guys are so dangerous, why are they putting them together in the same sequence? And then they explain, okay, okay, they got to be close but not too close. So they see each other in the coffee shop every once in a while, in the noodle shop every once in a while. So that's close enough.
0: It still doesn't quite make sense to me. It's that it, that's that really for the second half of the film. When, when you have those story elements where it's this is how the world is built around it, that is enough to just, just kind of take me out of it. And it didn't completely take me out. I still enjoyed it. And again, nitpicking. But I still have that worm in the back of my head saying, you know this makes no sense, right? Yes.
1: And, and I, I thought in terms of that presentation, when he kept showing up in the coffee shop, and she talked about she what, played the games, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Is that based off of me?" I kind of thought right then and there it would take the turn of. So you're a creepy stalker then, right? <laughs> I really legitimately <laughs> thought it was just going to turn, and that
0: could have been really interesting.
1: Yeah, like something about it, like she would have been scared for her life because this random dude won't leave her alone. He's and obsessed. As obsessed. Yep. But it was more, he was even, like, that would have made more sense than, I feel like I've known you my whole life. And then you that know?
0: causes him to fixate even more and he has to chase after her. And then it just becomes this weird kind of cat and mouse thing. Or, like, a psychological
1: thriller. That like, would have been super cool. Yeah. Like, she fears for her life because there was this creeper, stalker, stalker person. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I thought I thought it was gonna go that way. But didn't. I didn't.
0: I had that flash, but I go no, nope, because then that would mess up any hope for the happy ending working correctly and sequels, which they clearly want. Why does she fly again? So all along she was like
1: the real powerful one. Is that what I'm mm, to understand?
0: I don't think that's where they're going. I, I think they're going with kind of a yin yang. Everybody has the chance to have this power kind of thing, sort of. I think also it plays into uh, the metaphor of what this was originally supposed to, the original Matrix films was supposed to stand for, about becoming who you identify as. But truthfully, I just think they wanted a chance to have another person with superpowers. I mean, fair
1: enough. And also at the we talked about that sequence and he's fighting the trash bag people. <laughs> trash and, bag brigade. And Smith is there. <laughs> right. He's fighting Smith. He's like, I need to kill you to survive and whatever. And then at the end, he helps them. Right. I still never got why cuz then immediately after he helped them it's like time to kill you. <sighs> it does seem a little a little odd. I, I didn't get that. And then the the chase sequence with all the the bad guys and the motorcycle that with the bad CGI and then there's suddenly there's spraying bullets everywhere but they're getting overrun but yet they all survive and everything's cool and even in the first Matrix, some of the main characters were killed because they just got overran by the bad things that were happening. But right. In this one, everybody's good. Yay. I don't know. It If you watch this movie, folks, you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> you can see that on the video.
0: Watch. It just takes it removes the stakes.
1: Yeah magnetic boots volunteer I'll do it it's like, it's
0: like watching the 18 you you know they're all going to be fine yeah and because of that then it really doesn't matter what happens yeah well it'd be interesting to see if there are sequels now for me uh again uh, a lot of it was nitpicking but there were some major structural flaws so it had more of an impact on the score for me um i'll give this a 14 out of 20.
1: uh first section i gave a 19 Mm -hmm.
0: and then the second an eight that makes things very interesting now Mm -hmm. i've got a couple of bonus points myself um one i want to give a a bonus point for bringing the merovingian back uh both because i really like that actor and the character i thought was a, a really fun Part of the previous films and seeing actual change to the character kind of, sort of, happen was was nice. I like that. And I want to give a point just for how meta everything was, even to the after credits. <laughs> it's just... It was really a lot of fun.
1: We didn't talk about that. Now, we're familiar with Brass Against. Yes. We, we played... We watched YouTube videos of them uh, playing the instruments, not the v- other video, uh, the YouTube video of them playing the songs because we like Rage Against the Machine and the and they play. It. There's some Tool in there if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. So like we were familiar with them, and when that song played at the end, I was like, that has like that has to be the obvious choice. Like it was even in my mind before they start. Like it has to be the the thing that they're gonna play at the end of it because we'd seen it before. So that made, that made sense. That was yeah. cool. Um, I wonder how many people that watched it were kind of pissed off. Oh, I bet there was plenty of them. <laughs> They're like, they made, they had somebody make this song like this for this movie? Come on, guys. Like, that song's been out for years now.
0: That was just me making a bad joke in reference to the other video that we're not going to talk about. <laughs>
1: Ooh.
0: <laughs> yes. Wah, wah, wah. So, um,
1: yes. You know, I mean, the movie is pretty long. It is. It's, what, two and a half hours long. Right. So by the time the movie's over, you're ready to get up and go to the bathroom because it's you've been holding it the whole time.
0: And then the, the after credits, but it was fun. It was just more of the, the beginning part kind of that we both liked anyway.
1: Correct. So I I'll throw in some bonus points. Um, because that whole, like I said, that whole segment, that whole sequence with the Jefferson airplane song to me was just phenomenal, outstanding. I really, really appreciated the matching of old to new Mm -hmm. in terms of the sequence of how the matrix went. So I will kind of give the two bonus points as well.
0: So as a conglomerate uh, score, uh, rather than going high score and low score, I'm just combining all of his into one with the bonus points. That brings you to a solid 69, uh, which is passing, right?
1: 69, and then the bonus points brings it to 71. Sorry, 71 is what I meant to say.
0: See, late recording. That's the joy of this.
1: So here's the other part of this math segment here. If we look at the, so that's, Eight, five, six, seven, eleven, twelve. 11, <clears throat> 12. This would have been a 90 had the movie just stopped.
0: <laughs> that gives you any indication on kind of what I thought, the two segments. Um, well, for me, it was a 79 uh, when you add everything together. Uh, C plus, I will probably watch this again at some point. I, I enjoyed it. Um, And I will always give uh, Wachowski a chance on pretty much anything because even if it's not perfect, she does things that other directors don't and comes up with concepts to talk about a lot of times that other movies won't do. Uh, And and
1: like I said, it's worth watching a second time because it's a different perspective. Because as you watch it the first time, you don't – you see the roles – of everybody that he's dealing with as the roles, as they're presented to you. But now you know that their roles are different and you watch it a second time. It's like he's thinking about doing something and Jude shows up. It's like, hey, buddy, uh, what are you going to do? Like when you're watching it before, just like, okay, like that's the annoying coworker coming in doing the thing.
0: Is it? I, I felt like it was a personification of uh, status notifications on social media and your apps constantly dinging.
1: Yes, but they were labeled as handlers right. that needed to point him in a certain direction. Exactly. So it's when you watch, it's, it's the timing of it to me that I totally paid way more attention to. Like when he's when he's at the computers, and he's like, the proximity alert comes in, right? He's doing this, but then boom, someone comes in the door to distract him from what he's doing. Like, right. You don't you don't think about that because like, okay, that's just everyday things, and like that's just the annoying coworker, friend, person. Hey, let's
0: go get a drink, man. Well, and that's like, what happens to me with social media all the time. Uh, I'll have because I want the notifications on in case you, dear listeners. <laughs> say something and I want to hear it but it also just has this extra fluff I love IMDB they have a great service I have the app on the phone I do not need six notifications a day about whatever plus the emails about the streaming guides and all the other stuff I do not care Uh, but then multiply that across 20 apps it's old yeah yeah but we're the, we're the second watch interpreting it the second time definitely, for sure. definitely You can kind of project your own life on this film in a lot of different ways. But what do you think? Let us know. We're, of course, on all of those different platforms that we talked about in that little sneaky break we put in the middle of the, the episode. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's uh, we, we love to get your impression. Did you love the film? Did you hate the film? Were you ambivalent? Uh, where you hopped up uh, on Blue Pills while you watched it I don't know Mm. but uh, we would love to know and next week we will have uh, an interview with the fantastic actor Gabriel Jarrett so tune in for that and uh, until next time uh, keep living your best digital life (laughs) real or not I don't don't know Uh, Memorex that, that whole 80s vibe